0: Here's the thing, like, I think God's doing some incredible things in our church. Um, I hope that you're uh, being sensitive to how the Holy Spirit is uh, building up a people, and that's really what the book of Exodus is about. It's about how God builds his people. It's about how God grows his people. And ultimately, we're not just talking about how God grows people collectively, we're talking about how God grows people individually. Because our church is made up of individuals, and if you think about it, How many of you would agree that Moses was one of the greatest leaders in the entire, you know, scriptures, right? Amen. I mean, he was revered for thousands of years. In fact, the Pharisees idolized Moses almost to the point that when Jesus came, they didn't even really believe in Jesus because they believed in Moses more than they did the coming Messiah. And what was incredible and what is incredible about what we find and what we're reading in the book of Exodus is that the children of Israel didn't have a leadership problem. They had an obedience problem. And I can't imagine how frustrating it was for Moses to lead a people who were so obstinate and rebellious and ultimately disobedient when the signs of God and the miracles of God were all around them. And all they had to do was look out and see where God was at work. Last night, my wife and I had the privilege of having dinner Uh, with uh, one of the the board members of our village and we had dinner with uh, the vice principal of the high school and uh, as we were having dinner uh, the conversation uh, turned to our church and we started talking about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and then um, they began to talk about having kids and like we're done having kids and you know I feel like I this is what they said we've done our time you know right And, and they said you know we're really thankful that you guys do what you do with safe families and with fostering and all those different things and you guys are really great people I said there's nothing great about us I said um we we feel called uh, to do this and, and it, it kind of put this thought on my heart last night because in the course of our conversation and here are people that don't attend our church but they can see the need that's in our community I mean, I get every week probably four or five emails of kids that need a place to live for a month or two months until their families get their life back on track. Um, Every week that happens. I'm learning, too, by spending time with leaders in our community that do you realize that there are people that actually live in Piatone that are without a home? There are homeless people that live in our community. Uh, There are people that don't have food to eat. Uh, There are folks and there are young people in our, our, our community that don't have shoes and jackets and they don't have um, socks, and just the basic needs that you and I take for granted. And I had this thought last night, and this is kind of my prayer, uh, for, our and really not just my prayer, but the, uh, the prayer of our elders for our church, that there shouldn't be a homeless kid or an orphan kid or a hungry kid that isn't being ministered to by those that attend Jackson Creek Fellowship Church. In fact, because our church exists, We should, at least in our community, do our best to wipe out homelessness, to help people get back on their feet and and, and help them find a path forward so that they can provide for their family. We should be able to, as a congregation, put socks and shoes and jackets on the backs of young people that need the basic needs of everyday life. And if there's kids in our community that are reaching out, that need a place to live for a month or two months, wouldn't it, man? Wouldn't it be crazy if we could at least in our county or in our community wipe out a need for foster care? Wouldn't it be crazy if our church could do something like that? I don't know about you, but that's my prayer for our church that we wouldn't push that responsibility onto someone else, but that we would, with spiritual eyes and with broken hearts and with hearts filled with faith, say, you know what, I'm going to step out in faith and do what God has called me to do. There's two young girls in our church right now, and I'm not going to go into detail because I want them to share their story with you in coming weeks, but they felt a need to start a fellowship of Christian athletes in our community, and so they called up the district director, and on Monday, with their own money, in their own car, without their parents, they're going to meet with this district director to uh, discuss what they need to do in order to start a fellowship of Christian athletes in Piatone High School. Can I get an amen on that? I mean, that's what our students are doing. Amen? Yeah. And, you know, as we get older, we kind of lose our faith. We kind of lose our way, and we have mission-driven. And so um, I'm hoping that these young people will light a fire under the rest of us that we might see the incredible need that exists in our community to point people to Jesus Christ. There's a couple of ladies in our church that are going to start a, cl- a closet at the high school so that our kids uh, in our community can have socks and jackets and basic needs. And uh, they're gonna be, we're going to be sharing with, more of that with you because this all aligns with our our sin initiative, we partnered with Safe Families, and my prayer is this, is there there would be no place left in all of our community that hasn't heard first and foremost about Jesus Christ. Not even about Jackson Creek, but they've heard about Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, our church is so incredible, right? The other night, there's a lady in our church. uh, She's not here today. Amy's not here today, is she? Okay, Amy Anderson is not here She runs our moms group. And there is a lady in our church that she's been ministering to for now almost two years. And hopefully she'll share this story soon. But the other night, she goes uh, to take her to the hospital because she goes into labor. On the way to the hospital, she has to pull the van over and deliver that child en route to the hospital. So they deliver the baby. And instead of calling an ambulance, they're three minutes from the hospital doors. They wrap that little baby up and drive it on into the hospital. Now, I want to tell you something. That's straight up ministry, right? Because <laughs> I love you guys, but I am not delivering any babies. and I'm not doing stitches or anything that requires needles. I don't care how big of a weenie the, the Clements call me. I am not a fan of the needles, right? But here's the thing. When we talk about those things that God is doing in our community, the reality is, is that oftentimes we have what's called mission drift, and we, 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 we drift off mission. We drift off, and we fail to realize the calling that God has on our life, and we fail to realize what really matters and what's really important and what God is doing in us. And what happens is is we fail to recognize how God grows our faith, and sometimes that happens because we find ourselves in a hard place. We find ourselves in a difficult place. We find ourselves, like the children of Israel, what we would call a desert place. And I believe this morning that God wants to elevate your faith, not the person next to you, not your spouse, not the person down the street. I believe, honestly, the reason I'm here this morning, the reason that we're opening the Word of God is because I believe that God has a plan for your life. And I believe that God wants to be so real to you and so big to you, and He wants to do something so incredible in your life that I'm here opening the Word of God because I believe that God wants you to. To grow in your faith. And the reality is is that many of you this morning, your, your faith is stagnant. It's stalled. And there is nothing dynamic about it. There is nothing different about it. In fact, most of us that come on a Sunday morning, we come and we play church. We know the game. Stand up, sit down. Stand up, sit down. Raise my hands when they sing this song. Open my Bible when Pastor Mike gets up. Brother, how you doing? That's an old school church thing. Sister so-and-so. We know the, 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 the Christianese, if you will. But when we walk out the doors of the church, our faith is no more real to us than the person that actually hasn't even put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So what I think, what I believe, is that God often puts us on a journey that's hard. And I don't think it's unusual that God takes us to a desert place. And it's not unusual for God to take us to a place of uncertainty or need to grow our faith. And this is exactly what's happening in the book of Exodus to the people of God. You may be here this morning and you might be like, man, my life is so jacked up right now. My life is so messed up. I don't know which way I'm going or which way I'm coming. And I'm wondering, and you might be asking yourself this question, why is God mad at me? why is this so hard right now? Or what did I do to deserve so much hardship? What did I do to deserve so much need? Uh, what, here's another one. Will this ever end? How many of you have ever been there? And you're just sitting there thinking, man, I just want this to end. And if I just knew when, the, when, when this would be over, I could deal. You know what I'm saying? Because when I go to the hospital, I know that like if they rip the band-aid off, they just rip it off. I'll be okay. But if I have to go with, like, through ongoing treatment and pain, like, I'm just like, I'm not down with this, right? If I just know when this will end, I could probably tolerate it. I want to tell you, God was leading his people on a journey that would test and strengthen their faith. A faith that would be rewarded with God's promise to deliver them. And listen, God wasn't just rescuing his people. He was going to reward them with a the land that he had promised to their fathers hundreds of years before they were even in existence. I want to tell you this morning that God is faithful and he keeps his promises. But listen, on the journey, no matter how incredibly difficult or no matter how hard your journey is, I want you to understand one thing this morning. God is faithful to grow your faith. God is faithful. And I want you to understand this morning, and this is the problem for most of us, and this is ultimately why our faith to some degree doesn't grow. But this is the big idea this morning. Don't grumble about the desert because it's where God grows your faith. That's a lot of G's, and I didn't realize that. Don't grumble about the desert, because that's where God takes you to grow your faith. Don't grumble about it. And this is exactly what's happening. Pastor Mike mentioned this last week, and, and again, you find the people of God in exactly this the place where God wanted to be, and all they're doing is complaining. But when you understand this truth, this big idea, you're able to have a biblical perspective as you see the value in adversity. You see the, the value in trials, and you see uh, the value of, of the problems that you face while you're on the journey that God has for you. Scripture gives us truth to teach us that God grows our faith in a desert place. And here's the first thing that we see this morning, and that is this, is that faith grows out of difficulty. It's simple. I mean, this isn't, this isn't rocket science this morning, but, but first and foremost, we see that our faith grows out of difficulty. You know, the, this is the second time. Mike read this passage in verse uh, 17, verse 1, that the children of God needed water. If you go back to Exodus chapter 12, and we won't do that for the sake of time this morning, but in Exodus chapter 12, 22 through 27, they were in the same situation. They're out in the middle of the desert and they needed water. And what do they do? They start looking at Moses and they start complaining, we're going to die. I'm so thirsty. What are we going to do? And so God provides water for them. They failed this test before, so God was going to do what? He's going to test them again. God was directing them. You, do you realize this? God was directing them into a difficult situation to prove his power and build their faith, right? And this morning, God may very well be directing you in a difficult situation to strengthen and build your faith. Much of what we face is to teach us to trust. So look at this. In verse number 8, the Bible says in verse number 8, of, of uh, uh, I'm sorry, verse number 7, he says, and he called the name of the place. The name of the place was Massa, and Meribah. So I want you to understand this morning that, that faith grows out of difficulty. So know this, every place has a purpose. Every place has a purpose. There's no education like adversity. We learn the most. You might write this down. We learn the most in desert places. We learn the most when we feel alone. We learn the most when we feel the most desperate. We learn the most when we have our backs against the wall, and the only one that can deliver us is our faithful God whatever dilemma that you find yourself in, it's by God's design. It is, it is God's way of inviting you into a relationship, and it's surely not a time to grumble, and it's not a time to complain. In fact, I think it's incredibly sobering to think about how quickly we question the presence of God, even when He's working all around us. It's incredible. They just saw God split the Red Sea. They just saw God use Moses to to bring water or to turn the bitter water uh, at another place into water that was actually drinkable. This wasn't something that God hadn't already done, but two chapters later, they're already freaking out again and wondering, how was God going to give us water? What are we going to do now? How many of us have done that? Instead of looking to God, listen to this. Instead of looking to God, they complained to Moses. They complained to Moses. The Bible says in verse 2, therefore the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me and why are you testing the Lord? I want to ask you an important question this morning, and this will be life-changing for many of you here today. And I really think this is the most important question that you'll hear in the entire message today, but it's this. How often do we blame others for the journey that God has us on that is actually growing our faith? How often do we blame others for the journey that God has us on that is actually growing our faith. And I don't think it's unusual for any of us to blame our spouse or to blame our parents or to blame our boss or to blame someone else for the journey and the place and the moment that God has on that he is using to build, grow, strengthen, and develop our faith. And so instead of complaining about where you are on the journey, we're called to start trusting God right where we are so that God can grow our faith to another level. But listen, not only does every place have a purpose, but every problem has potential. Every problem has potential. Listen, godliness, which is maturity, all right, it's maturity, isn't the automatic result of reading books or attending meetings. It involves bearing burdens, fighting battles, and feeling pain. You guys with me? You you can know all that there is to know about the Word of God, which is unlikely that any of us do, but you can know everything that you need to know. You can know soteriology, you can know eschatology, you can know pneumatology, you can know all theologies. ologies. Are you with me? And you can know uh, uh, about all the things that you need to know theologically and yet not be a mature follower of Jesus Christ. You can freak out and you can stress out and you can get depressed and you can get anxious. And, and I'm saying that because I know that in situations I often find myself responding in a way that is not a biblical way to respond to the difficulties and the places and the problems that I often find myself in. But to see our faith elevated to new heights, we must view our problems through the lens of God's plan for our lives. We must trust that God has designed the journey for us so that we will grow in faith and dependence on Him. So I ask you this morning, how do you view your problems? How do you view your problems? How do you view them? Are they a catalyst or are they an impediment to your faith? And so we see that faith grows out of difficulty, but we also see that faith also grows out of dependence. In verse number four, you see Moses, and Pastor Mike read this passage of Scripture today, and all of a sudden, the people of God are getting ready to stone Moses because he can't, like, bring water from nowhere, right? And so in this passage of Scripture, Moses, with the pressure of the people on him and the threat of stoning, what was he to do? I mean, you can only imagine the loneliness that Moses felt. I mean, do you realize Moses didn't ask for any of this? Moses, in fact, turned it down. He says, look, I stutter. I don't even know how to talk in front of people. He says, well, bring, her, bring Aaron along. He'll help you out. You know, and, and, and so over and over again, you know, Moses gets into this conversation with God, and finally Moses begins to obey God. So God brings Moses from the backside of the desert, and God begins to use Moses and, and, and use him in really in incredible ways, but yet he was this focal point of everyone's angst. And yet Moses didn't ask for any of this stuff, but what we learn from this text is that instead of blaming others, Moses depended on God. Moses leaned into God. You know, we can ask God what to do and how to move forward. Isn't that what this is all about? Now, how many of you find yourself in a place of loneliness? How many times have you been threatened, or how many times have you been betrayed or hurt or left alone or someone uh, put the blame on you? And yet, what did you do? Because at the end of the day, when we don't know what to do, guess what? There is one who knows exactly what we should do. And every single day, we can follow Him and we can obey Him and we can choose to love Him and love those around us. In spite of the difficulty, in spite of of the hardship, in spite of everything that we're facing in our life, we can still choose to obey and we can sit back and watch God work in marvelous and miraculous ways. We can do that. Moses did exactly what each and every one of us should do to see our faith grow, and that is this, turn in dependence to the Lord. We should cry out to him when we're afraid. You know, one of the weaknesses of being a human is the inflated illusion of self-sufficiency and control. If you think you got this, you're sorely mistaken. You don't got nothing. Last Sunday, when I went home from church, We had folks over for for lunch, and I was flipping through my IG stories, and for uh, those of you that aren't millennials, you'll know that IG means Instagram. You guys with me? I was flipping through the Instagram stories, and I saw someone hashtag RIP Kobe. I'm like, what? Kobe Bryant, 41 years old, with his 13-year-old daughter, flying in a helicopter from one part of LA to the other part, crashes into the side of a mountain, and now he's in eternity somewhere. And in one moment, in one moment, he's no longer here. And friends, I want to tell you, he was worth millions, millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it doesn't matter who you are or what you're worth or what abilities you have or how important you think you are to the world, no one is in control of their life to the degree that they think they're in control of their life. Our self-sufficiency, our sense of control is bogus when it is compared to the sovereignty of God. So Moses did what we all should do and that is depend on the Lord. The scriptures say that Moses cried out. He called unto the Lord. And that means that he he called out loudly. The word Lord here means Yahweh. It's his proper name. It means Adonai, one possessed of absolute control. Listen, when you feel like you don't have control, guess who does? God does. When you feel like life is spinning out of control, his very name means that he's in control. His very name means that I got this. Nothing will touch you that is outside of my glory and that is not for your good. And what's incredible about this is that he's in control and he wants you to know him. His name is the one true God. And, his, and the emphasis is on his sure existence. And listen, his relationship to his people. His very name, listen, means that he's in control and he's committed to to a relationship with you and me so he's not like just throwing us into the deep end of the pool and then walking away oftentimes and if you're a parent like me and your kids are going to need therapy one day like ours I push my kids in the deep end can I get an amen on that I just throw them in but the whole time you know what I'm within an arm's reach because I know if they need my help I'm going to do what I'm going to pull them out and friends, I want to tell you something this morning. God is no further than an arm reach away from your most lonely, dark, difficult moment. I Man, it doesn't matter what you're going through, or how hard it feels, or how lonely you may think you are, God is no more than an arm's length away. And I want to tell you this morning, you can sleep at night because the Bible says in Psalms that he never sleeps and he never slumbers. And so we find Moses depending on him. I love what Bob Goff says. He says we encounter God all over again. Every time we get desperate enough to realize that we're not in control. But not only that, but Moses was dependent on God in prayer. Moses cried out to God. This wasn't some, hey God, I need some water. And oh, by the way, I might get stoned today. Right? Moses was on his face before God, crying out to the one who would deliver. Crying out to the one who could meet the needs of his people. And how incredible is it that Moses who was being blamed for their lack of need, interceded on their behalf. And so the thing is this morning, it's not be like Moses. Because Moses is nothing more than a picture of Jesus Christ. Because the very people that were blaming him and the very people that were betraying him and the very people that wanted to stone him were the very ones that he was interceding on and they would eventually save their lives. And hey, listen, no one does that like Jesus, right? Jesus went to the cross for those who betrayed Him. He went to those who would break His heart and those who would rebel against Him. Jesus went to the cross and and He redeemed us and rescued us even though we rebelled against Him. What we find is Moses and the people of God were being reminded over and over that God is faithful. Because when things are at their worst, God's power is at its best. And this isn't a message on prayer, but instead of complaining, listen to this. Moses called out to God. Please write that down. This week, instead of complaining, I will call out to God. Instead of complaining that I was late for work or my boss cut my pay or my wife got mad because I didn't do the dishes right or my kids didn't do the... I'm not going to complain. I'm going to cry out to God. We feel the heaviness of life. We feel the disappointment of life. And we recognize that we are not built for this life. We are living for a life to come. So instead of complaining... Fall on your knees and just cry out to God. Tim Keller says, to the degree that you can shed the unreality of self-sufficiency, to that degree your prayer life will become richer and deeper. Prayer is the greatest expression of our complete and entire dependence on God. Prayer expresses a humility that moves the hand of God. Listen, one of the greatest benefits to the problems that we face is that it opens us up to the lack of self-sufficiency. We often see this play out in life. Some of you may find yourself this morning in a marriage that's falling apart. Some of you may very well find yourself this morning in a marriage that's falling apart. Others might find that you uh, find yourself in a situation where your children are beginning to walk away from the Lord and their, their hearts are turning away from God. Others are struggling with finances that just aren't there. Or maybe you're in a work situation that just isn't getting better. Some of you this morning have sick children. A, a, a child with, with something that's going on that, that just, it's terminal or, it's, or, or um, uh, it, it's just ongoing. It's a chronic illness. And others have a spouse that's just not interested. It's a disinterested spouse. And I want to say this to you this morning. Comfortable people don't need Jesus. Desperate people do. So you can pray to Him. You can call out to Him regardless of the situation that you find yourself in this morning. So instead of complaining, try calling out to God in dependence for him to work. And what we see lastly this morning is this, is that faith grows in the divine presence of God. I love this passage of scripture because in verse 6 he goes, Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock at Horeb. This is an amazing truth that we can cling on to. When we don't know the way, and when we don't know what to do, God will go before us. When we don't know the way, how many times have you been in a situation where you're like, I don't, I don't even know what direction to go in on this. I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how this is going to play out. I, I, don't, I, I just don't know. And I'm afraid, and I'm worried, and I'm discouraged, and I'm wondering, is this what my life is going to be like? Listen, God's going to go before you. God is near. One writer said this: "When all signs tell us there's no way out, we find God in the uncertainty, and He makes a way." When I was a kid, it's funny how we remember things. Just this week, I got a call from my youth director. He's now a pastor in Princeton, North Carolina. He just called me this week. He just said, "Hey, I want to check in on you. See how you're doing." He was a mentor to me, and every year he would take our, our student ministry department on a mission trip. And every other year, we would go to a church plant, and we'd be involved in helping out a church planter plant a church in a town where there was no church. And then every other year, we'd go to a foreign mission field. And so we would we would go and do that. And I remember one year, we put together a play or a drama for this church for their missions conference. And the song that we learned to sing And that drama was this song, and I'm 36 years old, and to this day, I still remember it. I'm not going to sing it to you, okay? Can I get an amen? Amen. But it was that song, (laughs) amen, God will make a way when there is no other way. Some of you old timers probably remember that song, and I used to sing that when I was a kid in the little teen choir that we had there. Um, In fact, to this day, I tease my youth pastor, because one time he flat out told me, he's like, dude, you can't sing. And I said, well, praise God, he called me to teach the word, you know, amen. But I remember that song, even now as a 36-year-old, and as I was reading that this week in my devotional time with Bob Goff on Love Does, I just remember that song, and it just resonated with my heart, because how many times have I found myself in a situation or a place in life where I didn't know the way out? I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to put my foot forward, and yet I found God in that moment, and God showed me the way in which I should go. And this morning, no matter where you're at or what's going on in your life, if you'll depend on God and you'll lean into his presence and find him in the place that he has you, and you see the the problem as a potential to know God and to love God and to depend on God, God will meet you in that difficulty with his divine presence. What we find in this passage of Scripture, the way out, was that God told Moses to hit the rock and that water would come out. You know what that was a picture of? When Moses told them to hit the rock, the rock was Jesus Christ. and Jesus would be struck for us. The water was salvation, and so Jesus was struck so that we could have salvation. And Mo- Moses struck the, 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 the rock so they would have water so that they could have salvation, so they could be delivered in that moment. And this, all the way back in the Old Testament, thousands of years before Christ would even come, every story in the Bible points to the one who would one day come to deliver us all. And so when we look at this passage of Scripture, their greatest issue wasn't a lack of water. Their greatest issue was a lack of faith. And no matter what you think you need in your moment of crisis, it will not satisfy you like the living water that is Jesus Christ. You don't need a solution. You don't need a way out. What you need is more of Christ in your crisis. You need more of Him. And what we find and what we can know is true in this text is that God drew near to His people in the desert, By providing them water to quench their thirst. And today, God draws near to us when he provided Jesus to quench the ever aching thirst of our souls. So every, listen, every difficulty. No matter whether you have a relationship with God today or you've been saved for 50 years. Every difficulty is designed by God to bring us back to a place of knowing Jesus Christ. That's your greatest need this morning. To walk with him and his spirit and in his power, and to allow the grace of God to be put on display for the entire world to see how beautiful and magnificent and wonderful Jesus really is. We can trust this morning that God is actively at work in our lives. This morning, you can move from a place of grumbling to a place of grace. Listen, God wants to meet you right where you are. And this morning, your life And your situation and your context might be pretty messy. In fact, some of the stuff that you're going through might be of your own doing. But God wants to meet you right where you are and give you what you need most. And you know what that is? Himself. He wants to give you more of Himself. And He is working right now to grow your faith. Tim Keller says there's no way to get through life unless you know how to get through suffering. And there is no way to get through suffering unless you have a living I can't imagine, I can't even begin to imagine what Kobe Bryant's wife is facing this week. Especially if she didn't have the living hope that is Jesus Christ. Last night we were talking about this as we were sitting around at the end of dinner and the whole conversation of Kobe came up. And the conversation went as this. And they said, man, no one should outlive their own children. And they said, I don't know what I would do. One of them said, I don't know what I would do if that happened to us. I have no idea. And my wife and I, as much as I would miss her and if she completes me, uh, you complete me, right? She's my help me. She's ride or die, man. We're in this thing. If I passed away, I told her I have a red folder. Red means dead. Go to the folder. There's instructions in there. But don't mourn my death, celebrate the life I lived and the reality that one day you'll see me again. Because we have that living hope. We can celebrate the reality that we're all going to die and we're all going to go through difficulty and we're all going to go through hardship and as followers of Jesus Christ, We need to stop being so consumed with our difficulty which we sometimes do because we think that our difficulty is the only one that matters and it's the only one that's big enough for other people to notice when in reality the difficulty you're going through is the very thing that God wants to do to grow your faith so that you can minister to those around you so that we can meet the needs that I mentioned at the first part of the message this morning. So my challenge for all of us this week is don't grumble about the desert because it's where God grows your faith.